Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? <laughs> I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragonship Publishing. Our guest this week is Caitlin Bevis, author of the Daughters of Zeus series and Changer of Endings. Caitlin has always wanted to be a writer, so she spent high school and college learning everything she could to achieve that goal. After graduating with a BFA and Master's in English, Caitlin went on to write her Greek mythology-inspired romances. She's not your favorite now, she will be after. Good evening, Caitlin! Thanks for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. We have lots to talk about. I have so much fun researching my writers as they come on. And since we spent time at Dragon Con, I'm like, well, I already know I like her, so that's the easy part. <laughs> But let's see. So changing in your bio, you said changing endings. And that's a very healthy way to deal with disappointment or malcontentment, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very healthy. Mm-hmm. So do you have any good ones you can remember? Um, from my books or endings? Well, Sorry. Ch- yeah, the ones that you changed. So any endings that you changed? Um, I definitely rerouted Persephone. Um, made it a little less Stockholm syndrome-y and (laughs) (laughs) a little bit closer to something resembling a healthy romance. Um, and then with Aphrodite, I tried to do the same thing where I gave her a little bit more agency and a little bit more substance than we tend to get in her myths. Um, so I've had a lot of fun with that. I have kind of an odd version of The Little Mermaid where Triton is the mermaid, um, but his ending doesn't go super well for him, so. Oh, <laughs> poor Triton. Just for the record, I'm singing Disney's Little Mermaid version in my head right now. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Just <laughs> I think up. I borrowed, like, just, just little pieces of part of your world throughout that short story, just for fun. That's awesome. Ugh. Makes me happy. Uh, it's part of my childhood, you know? Oh, mine too. I was talking about Little Mermaid earlier today with my husband. Uh, I was like, that was my princess. Uh-huh. <laughs> mine too. Mine too. We used to sing those. We would go to Girl Scout camp and sing the songs to Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Like they're singing Frozen, right? You know, we sang Little Mermaid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So awesome. So wondering, so you love all this kind of stuff. Did you ever dabble in fan fiction? Um, I... Did and didn't. I never dabbled in fan fiction as in rewriting any any existing books. Um, I didn't know about that when I was growing up. But I did have, briefly when I was a teenager, I was part of a Dragonlance fan fiction forum. But it was more <gasps> role play on uh, Yahoo. That's hilarious. My husband used to do that too. <laughs> it was great fun. What was it, the Black Dragon Inn? No, the Red I Dragon Inn is the thing, but I thought it was called something else online. Now I can't remember. I can't remember. I just know it was a Yahoo group. That's I could so tell you the names of like half the people on it, but I can't remember the name of the actual <laughs> the server <laughs> itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it's fun. Did what? What did you learn by being in that kind of group about writing? Um, I learned a lot of impromptu writing because it was message board. So you weren't the only person contributing to the story. You would, it was more conversational and back and forth, but you know, you would write something, then somebody would take the story from there. So I learned a lot about how to quickly adjust because people did just did not follow my script. Like I knew how I wanted it to go. 
And then they took a complete left turn, but it was it was really fun and very, very creative to see all the different places that a story could go when you have so many different minds behind it. It's so much fun. Um, now, I have to say, we, we talked about the doctor a little bit because I have my thing up there, right, that my, my Patronus is the doctor. Yes, we, awesome. we just finished the um, oh, the Donna Noble season today with my daughter. We've been watching, rewatching, well, we, she's been watching Doctor Who. We've been rewatching with her. Talk about rewriting an ending. Can I rewrite that ending? Yeah, that was sad. It's <laughs> not making me happy. Man, wait till she sees Matt Smith. It's so exciting. I mean, David's my <laughs> favorite, but my children yeah. love Matt Smith. So, yeah, well, that, that'll be interesting. Um, but so speaking of that, that you are in a Doctor Who anthology. Well, I, I couldn't am. tell which yeah. companion you wrote about. I right? wrote so about it, Rose. You wrote Rose? You did not. <laughs> We have a friend that was just with Billy Piper in Wales. How fun is that? I was so sad she couldn't come to Dragon Con. I was Mm. so excited. She's been before. She'll come again. Don't worry. You'll just have to come back to Dragon Con every year. That's the plan. (laughs) So what was your story about with Rose? Um, It was, they were more essays. Um, So mine was just kind of in defense of Rose's companion. Because there was, at the time that that was written, there was a lot of, anti-Rose sentiment going around, at least that I was seeing online. So what? How can I, you be anti-Rose? I don't know. Moffat was stirring the pot. So. <laughs> just wrong. Just wrong. I mean, she has flaws. They all do. So does the doctor. That's kind of the point, right? Exactly. Characters without flaws. What's There's no point to that. Um, let's see. So does that mean your favorite doctor is, is David Tennant, number 10? Yeah, though he is tied with Eccleston, because Eccleston's my first doctor, so he has to be up there, but 10 is definitely, definitely tied. Yeah, I I adore David. Yeah, so. my yeah. daughter is actually really excited to watch Hamlet, because he's in it, so I think, I suspect that she has strong feelings as well. <laughs> is it, are you going to watch the one with him and Patrick Stewart? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That is the best version of Hamlet. Oh, no doubt. That cast is incredible. That That's the way to do Hamlet right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She'll be spoiled. She'll be like, this is Shakespeare. Nothing else is Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I live near Atlanta, so we go to the Shakespeare Tavern a lot. Have you ever been there? No. Where is that? Okay, so it's um, it's it's actually only a block or two away from Dragon Con. It's across from... Um, Emory Hospital, because um, you can use their parking deck. But it is incredible. If you've never gone there, about to do a version of the Christmas Carol. That is my favorite version of the Christmas Carol. And they can get away with it because there is one quote from Shakespeare. So, therefore, <laughs> it belongs at the Shakespeare like, Tavern. I said so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, in Shakespeare's time, they didn't celebrate Christmas like we do. So it's, it'd be kind of hard to pull up a Shakespeare play and make it a Christmas one. It would. But they yeah. do the Christmas Carol every year. And it's like this reader theater's version. And they sing it. And it's really ah. good. But they also do the whole Shakespearean canon. So, I mean, they go through all of his plays, even the lesser known ones. So she's gotten to watch a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. You're raising a right. So after she writes, so will this be her first Hamlet then, or she's seen Hamlet before? This will be her first Hamlet. Why got her started in the comedies? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, that makes sense. 
she dipped her toes in the tragedy. We watched Macbeth for Halloween at the Shakespeare Tavern, but she heard that David Tennant was in was in Hamlet and was like, we should watch that. It's like, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> mm, awesome. Yes. The, um, yeah, I see hats on. Hi, I see. Hi, good to see you. Um, we, uh, lost my train of thought with the chat that happens in this. It's live TV <laughs> people. Um, but we, we, we love our, our audience. We could not do this without them. Um, the, uh, have you seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? Yes, they did that at the tavern. Um, they did not. I've never seen it live. <gasps> yeah, it was amazing. And they used the same actors that they used in Hamlet. So it was easy to keep up with. How? That's so clever. They're really so fantastic. You should definitely check them out. I'd love to, but I'm in Houston. It's a very long time. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're in a whole different time zone. I don't know. I met you in Atlanta. Therefore, that's where you live. I am from there. (laughs) My mom's there, though, so maybe she can go for me vicariously. But um, awesome, awesome. No, I really want to go now. The, uh, but we can't go to the restaurant. So Zafo, write it down for me and we'll remember next time. We always stay an extra day. We get there a day early and we stay an extra day for Dragon Con. So we always have, we're always like, let's go explore somewhere and go somewhere else to eat. So we can go to that one now. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we got your favorite. Now your amazing Daughters of Zeus series. Where did your love of Greek mythology come from? Um, probably Disney's Hercules when I was little. Very, very likely kickstarted that. And then we did a lot of Greek mythology in my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was just it was just a big part of my youth. Although we did the really, really sanitized version of Greek mythology. So when I got into college and started reading the real myths, it was very, mm-hmm. very upsetting. <laughs> I, I'm from the North. Um, yeah, I did not get the sanitized version. It was very... <laughs> It was not very, I mean, it was not very sanitized at all. Yeah, I can't quite remember the version of Persephone that I was told, because by this point, I've read so many versions of Persephone that they all go together. But I distinctly walked away from reading it in high school with the sensation that it was like, oh, her mom was mean. She's so lucky. So (laughs) probably had a lot to do with me wanting to rewrite it. (laughs) You're like, no, I must fix this. This is wrong. (laughs) Awesome. Um, the uh, I see hot says Greek mythology follows their religion because they work with Hades. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I think a lot of us have worked with Hades before, but you know, Hades didn't fall in love with us and kidnap us. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, didn't happen to me. No, not me either. I always feel bad for Hades, though. I think he gets a bad rap. Yeah. I mean, of all the gods, he's the most not jerky like Persephone's is one big you know what do you think you're doing you know, everything else never, it was like more intelligent and more not messing with everyone you know who weirdly never actually messed with anybody at all in Greek mythology not Roman is mm. Ares most what? of it's just involve him getting beat up by Athena like Really? I searched and searched and searched for like, I was digging for like deep, dark things because he's in my my Aphrodite series. Uh And every myth I found where he actually put hands on somebody was Roman. Interesting. So I must (laughs) have just read Roman myths and just that's what I thought in my head. 
Well, he was a much more respected god in Rome, so it's there's well, a there was a lot more to him in Roman mythology. They were way more about war, so it totally makes sense to me. It does. Yeah, it, it completely it it aligns. Um. Yeah, I guess in my head, though, as soon as you say Aries, the first thing that pops to me is Xena's Aries, right? Like, that's the... (laughs) I'm like, you know, I could get down with him. It's fine. It's fine. It'll all be good. Um, Let's see. The, yes, Greek mythology. Since it's the Daughters of Zeus series, you have goddesses like Aphrodite, right? Because, you know, that Zeus is is her father. Um, But Zeus had lots of mortalish daughters as well, like your first protagonist, Persephone. So why did you go that route instead of the goddesses? Persephone was a goddess. She was Demeter and Zeus's daughter. Oh, that's right. You're right. As soon as I said that out loud, I forgot. So you did do a lot of goddesses. She's very, in the mythology, she doesn't, until she becomes queen of the underworld, she doesn't have, there's nothing really to her. So I've, I've seen versions where she was a normal human until she got abducted because she doesn't, yeah, yeah, because she doesn't actually even have a name. Her name before she gets abducted by Hades is Cora, which is Greek for girl or maiden. Oh, that explains it. Because I was always confused by the Cora Persephone thing, too. See, I haven't done enough research. It's all been surface level for me. So this is good. This is good to have an expert on. It's so fascinating, though. It is. There is there is a lot of information out there. And have you um, have you ever been to Greece? I have not. It is, it is definitely a bucket list. I want to go. Um, did you ever read that Christopher Pike novel, The Immortals? Nope. So Christopher Pike to me is the captain of the Enterprise, so I'm very confused by this. No, he did a bunch of, a, he was like um, R.L. Stein's counterpart. He did a bunch of horror oh. novels. Um, and he did this one Greek mythology novel that I read as a teenager that was just amazing. I don't know if it would hold up as well if I reread it, but when I was 16, it was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they vacationed in Greece, and ever since then I've wanted to go. That'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to see all the goddesses and all the statues and all the... I bet that would spark all kinds of ideas, too. I bet it would. I could that write it awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. So where is your favorite p- place currently to vacation? I mean, I'd love to vacation in Greece, too. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a good place we've been recently. I really like Gatlinburg. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, we go to... Um, California every now and then um, my mom used to live out there um, and we've been spending a lot of time near DC and kind of in the historic triangle with Williamsburg and Yorktown and um, Jamestown because I've got a lot of family there mm-hmm. so that's been really interesting because my daughter's starting to learn like U.S. history stuff so we've been getting to see some of the places that she's been reading about or learning mm-hmm. about. That's cool. First-hand knowledge. Man, your daughter's getting an awesome education, by the way. I'm jealous of her. I am, too. (laughs) That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, all the history. Have you been inspired to write anything like Civil War era romance or anything else? Or is your heart in Greece? Um, So the people that I've met that really like historical fiction make me terrified to ever write, write (laughs) historical fiction. That's actually a good point. (laughs) Just the amount of knowledge. It like Greek mythology, there's a million different versions of every myth. I could say 
almost anything and it is going to fit some regional variation somewhere. <laughs> and especially when you're dealing with a goddess like Persephone, she's, she's only featured in three major myths. Mm-hmm. So, but once you get into like the Revolutionary War, people know things like a lot, <laughs> a lot more than I do. So if I was to write something inspired by that, it would take place on some fantasy planet. So right. I can make changes without getting hate mail. Counted, <laughs> counted. That's a good point. Yeah, I have one that I want to write that's a historical fiction um, after the Civil War, but it's alternative history, right? Because I'm going to add magic. Something happens and magic comes. But I agree with you. It terrified me too. Because even though the magic's here, everything else was like Earth was before that happened. Yeah. So I bought all, like, I have this huge stack of books beside my desk, beside my desk, because it won't even fit on it. So huge <laughs> stack of books. And I'm like, that is really daunting I have to know all of that before I can write it I'm like let's write about dragons for a little while (laughs) I have this prequel I've been kicking around in my head that um alternates point of view with Cassandra and Helen of Troy but like you want to talk about like textbooks is the Trojan War I mean there's just the sheer amount of research that would have to be done is very 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 daunting yeah but they're still guessing a little bit there they are. So I it's okay. I, I feel like I can do it. Yeah, I think goodness. you could. <laughs> there are a lot of information. Especially if you're putting the gods and goddesses in play. Right. And that gives you a little leeway too, you know? Well, and I mean, in the major source books on it, they are in play. Because we've got Homer's rendition of it. So. With all the gods in it, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could happen. Yeah, I see how it says historical fiction scares them, but uh, they still love it. Yeah, I'm with you. I've learned a lot I of history from historical it. fiction. Yes. <laughs> reading it is the best. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know all about Tudor England, and that's from historical fiction. So there's things you can learn. But, yeah, that would be fun. So, which of, now we talked about all this stuff you'd have to do for historical fiction, but which of your <laughs> books challenge you the most? Um. Uh... Probably Aphrodite. She is featured in a lot more myths. Mm -hmm. And so pulling her out of mythology, she is the biggest change I made to the timeline. Because Persephone being modern day worked. She's only featured in a couple of myths. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to rewrite them in, in history. But... If you pull Aphrodite out of Greek mythology and don't put her in until right now, mm-hmm. then it makes a lot of wrinkles in a lot of different stories. So I had to be really, really careful um, just kind of researching, like, would this person exist if Aphrodite hadn't meddled? Because um, she was interacting with a lot of different demigods. Like, is she related to this demigod? Yeah, right. <laughs> is... No incest. I know that was okay back then, but not right now. So <laughs> Exactly. So there, there were a lot of factors. Um, and it, it involved a lot more challenging modern, modernizing myths. Um, like I had Jason and the Argonauts were there. Um, happening now so we've got the search for the golden fleece and I had to kind of make that make sense nowadays um so always the search for gold it totally works it, it did um it it was a lot of fun but it was a very 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 big challenge that it's probably 90% in my head just going 
Oh, is this change okay to make? Oh, is this going to work? Is it going to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Historical fiction. Whole nother ball game. Yeah. Have you gotten any advice that's really helped you? Um, I talked to uh, Carrie K- Terry Kay once. He's a, uh, or he was a local Georgia writer. Um, and he had some really good revision advice that I use all the time now. And it's just the simplest thing. It's um, you hit enter at the end of every period so that you have, instead of everything flowing in a paragraph, you just have a straight line of all the first words of your sentences are lined up. And you can use that to check every so often for, am I using, you know, subject, verb, sentence construction over and over and over and over again? Are all my sentences the same length? Do I have some insane, like, seven-line sentence in here somewhere that should be broken up? And it's the the weirdest, like, littlest trick, but it has made a really big difference in my revisions. Because I catch typos and things I would never see otherwise. Yeah, you're looking at it totally different that way. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that one, especially when I switched to first person, right? It was really hard to do other things besides just I everything, right? So that that actually would be really helpful. I might consider that. That was good advice. Thanks, Terry. (laughs) So did you meet him like in a writing group? Were you like in a critique group? Um, He was at a conference that I attended. Gotcha. Love those conferences, man. They're important. Oh, yeah. He was incredible. It's one of those things when new writers say, you know, what should I do? I'm like, join a critique group, find your local conferences. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I always say. It makes all the difference. Um, let's see. So what, so obviously Terry has inspired you along the way, partly. What other authors have inspired you along the way? Um, see, Brandon Sanderson, his Writing Excuses podcast is incredible. Oh, I love it. 100% it's really, I think the puppetry episode with Mary Robinette Coalt was... I adore her. I've got yes. to meet her. I do too. She's, that is, that is one person I've not gotten to meet yet, but I'm just like, um, I have gotten to meet Brandon Sanderson. So that was a Me very too. exciting day. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> but yep. let's see. So yeah, Sanderson, everybody involved in writing excuses and just really any writer that I've met along the way has given me helpful advice or just kind of given me some form of encouragement where we are a very good group of people. I feel like we're very encouraging. <laughs> I agree. It's not, we're not in that kind of competition, right? You know, so no. can read all of my books and all of your books and all of their books and all of their books. And you know, it's not like they buy my book and now they're not going to buy anyone else's. Exactly. So I, I kind of like that part of this business. It's fun. And especially since you get things online. I mean, I guess traditionally you might have to fight for shelf space, but we don't even have to do that. So it's, it's really, it's, it's pretty nice. Bunch of creative people just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's always been very collaborative. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about amazing writing groups, you have the Inklings with C.S. Lewis and Tolkien um, and that other guy that nobody remembers. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He might have, like, helped them with all their ideas. We have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I see how collaboration is key, no doubt. That's why, I don't know, I think it was Hemingway that had that whole myth of the person writing alone, you know, in their room all by themselves. Like, that was a Hemingway thing. That wasn't all writers. It wasn't no writers. 
yeah, but it wasn't exactly. like famous until him, you know? So forget Hemingway. He actually was broke his whole life and lived off his rich wives. So keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. What do you want for a living? What do you want to do? Of course, we all know his name too. So if you just want to write, you know, a couple really, really good books, maybe his way is the way to go. I, however, want to pay my bills. Zapho yeah. wants to retire so I can pay our bills. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole nother ball game. Um, let's see. So you've been inspired by these other writers, both to be a writer. And obviously you love to read as well, right? Like, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, you can't be a good writer if you don't love to read. Um, so what do you hope readers get from your work? I just hope they enjoy it. Um, I like that, you know, when you're reading and everything else just kind of drops away and you're just there in the book. And so I hope that I can do that. That's awesome. That's all we want. Entertainment. I'm just trying to entertain you. Maybe <laughs> show you something you haven't seen before. That's it. Um, the, have you, do you find that now you're a writer though, that you're a little more picky about what you read? It depends on what stage I am in my own writing. Um, there was, there was a while where it was very hard to read anything because you just go into pick apart mode, but uh -huh. I've pretty much gotten to the point where I'm only like that during revisions now. Gotcha. So you can turn it on and off at this point. Yes, which is good because, gosh, was it hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember because the people around us can be hurt by our work, too. And I'll tell you, I remember I was learning the said. They'd say said all the time. And I was editing uh, writer's work. I'm like, you don't say said every time. You don't need to. I know people don't see it, but it does get in there. Just like you said, you don't want the same sentences over and over again, right? And I said, and I don't mean use a different word instead of said. Just use an action tag instead, action. right? Just use yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> just use action tags. It's what you're going to put them in there anyways. Why waste the space in the print with said, right? Let's just do it and so Zafa was reading someone it was a famous author too I don't remember who and he was like oh thanks a lot Kelly I'm like what he's like this writer is saying said like constantly and now I can't unsee it <laughs> well and there's things that like I'll tell my daughter when she's asking for advice and then she'll be like oh mom you wouldn't believe you know what this writer did and it's like you know okay that was written in like the 18th century it's different. <laughs> they can use all the adjectives, all of them, every yep. single one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, oh, gosh, for the said is invisible thing. That might have been true, but then audiobooks came out. I will never oh, forget yes. listening to Red Shirts. I think we made it 10 minutes. Oh, no. I love Red Shirts. Like, that is not a critique of Red Shirts, but, oh, gosh, it was... Dahl and Duvall said every other line. <laughs> and you're like, maybe you don't see it when you're reading, but when you're listening, you hear it every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That's a good point. I did find I switched around some of my sentences when I heard the audio. So that is a really good point. It's like, I thought that worked. That's not working now. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Ooh, Icy Hot says that they read um, your series, The Daughters of Zeus, the, the about the series thing. And, uh, and they're in love. So Icy Hot, stick around because we're going to give away that first um, novel at the end. So remember, for all you listeners out there, we do give away books at the end. So if you come and see us live and ask your questions, then you can have a chance of winning some free books. Because, I mean, what more do we want out of this life, quite frankly? Exactly. <laughs> free books. Um, so when you're not inspiring or being inspired, what hobbies do you enjoy? Um, 
mostly I read and I write. Um, so that is pretty much, that is my downtime hobbies. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else I do. And that's pretty much it. Um, we did get kayaks this summer. So that was really nice. But that's, it's cold now. So. <laughs> well, for us anyways. I know I tell people I'm cold. They're like, seriously, you're in Houston. I'm like, it gets cold here for mm-hmm. us. It was below <laughs> 70 the other day. Ooh. <laughs> See? I'm like, I almost need my heat on for that. You don't understand. <laughs> um, not Og, though. Og, Og likes the cold. So Og wants to know if you read, um, if you prefer books or Kindle for reading. I actually mostly use Kindle for reading. I moved several times within like a three-year span and that pretty much broke me of any attachment to physical books packing them up and moving them from one place to another is makes you question everything you own um yes and the kindle is always like I have the app on my phone so it's always with me if I'm stuck at a doctor's appointment and it runs later than I think or if I'm somewhere that gets unexpectedly boring I have my books and I just can't say that for my books that are at home. Yeah. And even me, my prime reading is right before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I have found in my old age, especially since I write and edit and do everything on my computer for a living, my wrists are killing me. So having to hold up that book, it's agony. Mm-hmm. It's not working for me. So, yeah, I need the Kindle too. I agree with you. I agree. And it was nicer. Like we just went to um, Denver. for My husband had a work thing he had to do. And so I went with him because, you know, I I'm a writer. My kids are older now, so I can go with. And um, it was just nice having the Kindle on the plane, you know, not worrying yeah. about paperwork. Not, it's just nice having that little thing. Um, yeah. And Ox says they had four inches of snow this week. See, he likes the cold. No. That's very cold. That's very cold. <laughs> snow is nice for like a few minutes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's nice to visit. That's what Zafo was saying too. It's nice to visit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice to visit. Um, we, when we went to the car in Denver, it had like a snow scraper thing. And I'm like, what is this foreign thing? I can't even imagine what its use must be. <laughs> we don't have them, right? I don't, we don't have them in our car. Do you have them in no. your car in Atlanta? Do you even have one? No. Yeah. no. <laughs> I'm just, I think we, anytime I've ever needed to use it, I just use like a credit card. Exactly. Because um, <laughs> it's only this much, you know? Yeah. Or I just leave the car warm enough, just warm enough to melt everything. And we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's yeah. only if I'm running late to work that I have to resort to the credit card. <laughs> Yes, that's right, Og. We want snow on Christmas, mm-hmm. just morning, and it's beautiful. We could even make a snowman, and then must all go away by the next day and not come back until next Christmas. That would be great. Can we do that? <laughs> Someday. Someday. Um, so, let's see. So, have you watched any TV lately that you've really gotten into? Um, as That is almost all I've been doing lately. It's Thanksgiving break, so we've just been sitting around watching things um and we've been we started watching doctor who with my daughter in preparation for dragon con because we were going to meet eccleston mm-hmm. and oh was she just heartbroken when, like she was just beyond she's like i just cannot imagine there ever being another doctor ever it's like oh sweetheart um but like, now you have more heartbreak ahead of you my love mm-hmm. um so we've been, we've just got through the Donna season. And other than that, um, I've been watching Wheel of Time and The Great. Um, the Catherine the Great show is incredible. I really is love it. it. They just dropped another season. Oh, yes. 
I've been wanting to see that. Super crude, but so good. Well, uh, Captain the Great, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've been I've been watching a lot of Modern Family. Like when I just need the like happy feel good, nothing goes wrong show. I don't have to analyze or think too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just watched 30 Rock. I don't know how I missed it, but I did. And oh my gosh, it was awesome. I don't, I have no idea where I was. I mean, I watched the Today Show. I, so they talked about it, right? And yet I never watched it. And I'm like, what was I thinking? So yeah, I get that. Just that fun, relaxing comedy mm-hmm. where you laugh at things you probably shouldn't. Yeah, that's. <laughs> 30 Rock was always good for that. Uh-huh, yeah, I was like, I really shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's funny. Um, so, oh, we, we have our very important part now, our very important question, even though we have been going a year now, everyone, by the way, yay, we should have some kind of anniversary celebration. See, I'm bad at holidays. You see how bad I am? (laughs) But, uh, we would like to know what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, chocolate. Chocolate. Good choice. Mm -hmm. What part of your daily routine is an absolute must? Hmm. I have to read. Every day. Like, that's, I can't go to sleep unless I've read something. It's fair. Me too. Uh, what is your least favorite chore around the house? Dishes. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are yeah. the worst. Yep. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Although, oh. we did get a golden retriever um, for my daughter's birthday a year or two back. And mm-hmm. I've got to say, I, they are, Everything that they ever say about them is true. I never understood all of the dog stuff until we got him. And it's mm-hmm. just because they're like the default dog. They like really- every other dog I ever had, you would throw things and they would look at you. <laughs> and it would be hard to train them. And they just wouldn't do the dog things that they're supposed to do. That he was day one was 100% like stereotypical dog. So it might have just been that we never had a golden retriever. The cats were always great. They're cute and fuzzy. (laughs) Don't forget annoying and too smart for their own good. Those cats, they get to me every time. Every time. Um, Golden or lab? Og? I'm pretty sure she said golden, right? You said it was golden retriever? Yes. Yeah. 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 We had friends that she was like, I want a dog, but only if it's a golden or I'm, I'm not getting one otherwise. So yeah, she, she obviously agrees with you there, but they really want to please you. Those golden retrievers. You got to oh, give them that. Do. He's mm-hmm. that's all he wants in the entire world. He's mm-hmm. ridiculously sweet. No. I mean, you know, dumb as a brick, but so yeah, sweet. See, that's <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, Og's allergic. So sorry Aww. to cats, not dogs. Um, no, I love my kitty cats. Actually, the out of the five animals we have, if we include the horse as one of the animals, the only one that cuddles with me is one of the cats. So it is what it is. And let's see, coffee or tea? Um, neither. Actually, I'm not that into either. Um, no. I know I'm very much a soda drinker. That is my only source of caffeine. Wow. I don't know how you get these books done without coffee. It's some kind of magic. If it if it tastes enough like a milkshake, I can deal with coffee, like like the mocha frappes, but not the ones from Starbucks because those are too coffee-y. Um, <laughs> from Starbucks? <laughs> they taste too much like coffee. 
<laughs> it has you know, to taste more like ice cream, less than coffee. Even like their frappuccinos, it's just a milkshake with a little coffee flavor. So you you can't I eat can coffee ice cream, it. can you? No, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, Miss Caitlin, we've had a great time tonight. I would like to know where can fans find you and your work? Um, they can find me on my website, CaitlinBevis.com, um, Facebook, and Twitter. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Now that Caitlin is your new favorite writer, please make sure to review her work and review us wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitch or subscribe on YouTube. And we want to thank uh, DH Dunn for being our subscriber this month. Thank you very much for helping us keep the lights on. And we will see y'all next week. <laughs>